Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Pit Football Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Doran Dickerson, alongside former All Big East quarterback Bill Stahl, Jerry DePaul, the Tribune Review, former All-American linebacker Scott McKillop, and our special guest of the evening, former first-round pick at wide receiver Jonathan Baldwin. And JB, that's what we call him. JB, I'll start with you. We were just reminiscing a lot uh, off off air, offline, and, uh, man, we, we had some good times back then when we were playing at Pitt and we were playing against each other in the NFL. So how's things going with you? We know you're living in Arizona. What's going on? Uh, things are good with me, man. Uh, I started the direct lending company. Um, that's that's going through the roof right now. Obviously, uh, with how this market is, man, it's, 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 it's crazy. So uh, it's been keeping me busy. I'm starting a new business right now, a box truck company. So I just purchased my first box truck on Monday. Uh, so I'm about to start doing that as well. Uh, fixing, flipping pro- uh, properties out here. Uh, so it's just been, uh, it's great, man. I, lo- I love it out here on the West Coast. Hey, guys, I mean, the Pitt Panthers, well, you know, what can we say more about them? Uh, nine and two overall record. They play Syracuse this weekend up at the Carrier Dome on uh, Saturday. Uh, Bolitnikoff finalist. Um, possibly Kenny Pickett will be uh, at the Heisman ceremony. We all believe that he probably should be. So, I mean, just a, a, a really, really nice showing for the Pitt Panthers this year. Um, a lot of guys came back and have extra seasons. I mean, Trey Tipton today won the, you know, inspirational Disney award. So that's big too, you know, a guy who's been there for seven years and Jerry, I mean, you've been around Trey Tipton a lot. Um, you know, what kind of person is he and, you know, what has he done for himself in the program? Trey Tipton is probably the most sincere guy I've ever been around. I mean, when, wow. he's, when, when he speaks, uh, you, you know, he's speaking from the heart. Now here's a guy who's had some, some really serious, um, uh, mental problems over the years, uh, depression and, and all kinds of other things. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, he's turned himself, not just on, as a football player, because he's really not playing that much anymore, except he's the gunner on the, on the punt, re, on the punt coverage teams. Uh, but uh, he started this group at, on, on campus called Love. Uh, Live uh, victoriously. I forget, I can't remember what it is. Um, but he, it, it stands for, it is, it is intended for sports, uh, athletes, student athletes at Pitt to actually, who actually have some problems, whether it's academic problems, whether it's emotional problems, whether it's uh, relationship problems. He, he, him and his group, they sit down and they talk to these guys and girls and make sure they're doing okay. That kind of work is, is way more important than anything, you know, Trey Tipton or anybody else can do on a football field. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's turned himself in. I think really they should keep him. He's in his seventh year. Can you imagine that? He's a seven-year senior. He was a freshman in 2015. Wow. Uh, and I think somehow Pat Narduzzi and Heather Lake should really find a way to keep uh, Trey Tipton involved in the program next season and in, in, in the seasons to come because he's good for the for the, uh, for the the players. We asked Jordan Aston today, what's the best thing that um, Trey Tipton brings to the team? And he said, wisdom. You know, he, he helps the younger guys come along. He's, he's taking Jaden Bradley, the freshman wide receiver, under his wing. He helps Jordan Addison, you know, with some of his things. And, uh, you know, it's a good, uplifting story, especially any time of year, but at this time of year, too. 
Yeah, and JB, I mean, obviously Trey Tipton plays wide receiver, and, you know, the wide receivers have shown up this year, you know, guys like even Jared Wayne, Taysier Mack before he got hurt. But, I mean, Jordan Addison, you know, finalist for the Bolitnikoff Award. Larry won it. Uh, Antonio Bryant won it. Um, you know, what – I mean, how hard is it to do that as a sophomore? Uh, you had a great sophomore season. Uh, you had a great freshman season as well. Uh, and, you know, how hard is that? to accomplish the things as he's done this year as a sophomore wide receiver? I think it really depends on uh, your preparation. Um, uh, when you got a quarterback like Kenny Pickett, you know, he makes uh, Jordan's job a lot easier, you know. So uh, I feel like Kenny has given <clears throat> Jordan the opportunity to um, skyrocket and have some success. And, and, I mean, obviously that's his favorite target. You know, the guy had 13 receptions last last week for over 200 yards and four touchdowns. So, um, just to be able to have a quarterback like that, you know, it makes it a lot easier on the receiver. Obviously, when we played at Pitt, we had we had Bill. Bill was throwing us the ball, and um, obviously, you and Bill are best friends. I was great friends, still great friends with Bill. You know, so when you have that rapport with your quarterback, it obviously makes it a lot easier for us to have success, and we can run our routes with confidence, knowing that our our quarterbacks can get deliver us the ball where we need the ball delivered. You know, so um, I, I think the sky's the limit for Jordan, man. Uh, I know he's going to keep his head on right and keep working. You know, um, he should win the Blitnikoff this year. So uh, it's only the, it's only up from there. Scott, what what about last week? Uh, you know, the target role. What's your what's your feelings on the target role? So Vasier Dennis, uh, I mean, what in the, basically the first series of the game gets ejected for targeting, and then Hill, the safety, gets ejected for targeting. He's going to have to miss the first half of the Syracuse game. Uh, you know, those guys being out of the lineup on defense really, you know, kept Virginia and, you know, Brennan Armstrong in the game, I believe. Uh, what is your – what's your opinion on the targeting role in college football? I mean, a role's a role. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a point of emphasis, player safety. Um, as a defensive player, I don't like it. But, you know, it, it, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, you know, the, the, those are just uh, split decisions that have to be made and to adjust. And, you know, I think I've seen some times where there – you know, the receivers drop before they're about to make a tackle and it might put themselves in a, a situation that would result in a player like Cervacchio Davis uh, to getting thrown out of the game, you know, and it, it, it sucks. I mean, if, if that would have the rules been reversed and let's take, for instance, I mean, that, that linebacker from Clemson has been thrown out of a couple games this year and, and last year for targeting. And it's, it is what it is, you know, it's, you know, next man up and it's, it's, you know, I don't like it, but, you know, they're not going to change it. It's not like they're, they're going to go back and, and take it out in, in the future. You know, I, I would say the, the, the play by Hill in uh, the fourth quarter was more conclusive than, you know, the first the, – the one thir three plays into the game. But, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, you could definitely tell when um, the replacement was in there, the first touchdown, whenever he was in the end zone, when I think it was between uh, – I forget who the backup is. It George is his name. Yep. Brandon uh, George. When he, yeah, when he was in there with um, uh, Patrician, and you could tell that there was no communication between who was relating to number three. And uh, you know, when you're you're facing a, a veteran quarterback like Armstrong, you know, he, all he needs is a small window, and he scored a touchdown. You know, it it didn't it hurt him, but it didn't kill him. So something like that, you 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 can't have it happen. But you know, it's part of the game now. JB, um, you know, let's, let's dig into Kenny Pickett for a little bit right now. I mean, obviously, five-year guy, 
um, you know, has played a lot of football and, you know, opted to come back this year. Uh, we all heard that Peyton Manning was in his ear about giving it an extra year to dra- raise his draft stock. And obviously it is paying off, but, you know, just for what he has done for this program, what he has done for the offense and the team as a whole, and, and really himself and the individual, you know, what's your thoughts and your, 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 uh, your, your vision of Kenny Pickett as a player and as a person? Well, I think of, I just go back to when uh, we went to the uh, ACC. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think that they, anybody believed that we would be as successful as we are now in the ACC. I don't think many people gave us a chance to um, lead the ACC like we're doing right now. And um, Kenny, has, he's been there for five years. You know, he has some growing pains, you know, but um, what he has shown that these other quarterbacks that are at the top right now, uh, top quarterbacks that will be drafted, he has shown lo- he losing, and then he has developed the program to being a successful program. You know, so when I think about that, and, and Kenny has thrown so many touchdowns, he's, he's, lead, he's leading, the, uh, I think he's leading Pitt right now with, with yards or, or close to it if he's, if he's not. Um, so just having that, man, I honestly think that Kenny will be the first uh, quarterback taken in the NFL draft. And the reason why I think that is because you got these guys like the Alabama quarterbacks that don't never really pan out in the NFL. And I believe they don't pan out in the NFL simply because they win pretty much every game. And it's hard when you get to an NFL and, and you have so much success, you know, so it, it's different. What Kenny has done, he has completely changed the dynamic of Pitt, you know. So once you're thinking about a scout's perspective, you know, this guy has shown how he's responded to adversity, you know, and he's completely changed the program around as opposed to a guy, a quarterback at Alabama has won every single game pretty much, only lost about two or three games, you know. So when you're thinking about these organizations at the top of the draft, man, um, they're going to be looking at Kenny because of what he's done, and he's shown the ability to change uh, a program. So when you transition to the NFL, obviously it's an organization. So that just puts a great taste in general manager's mouth, scout's mouth, that this guy could come in and completely uh, change the dynamic of an organization. So I think the sky's the limit for Kenny. You know, he has great people around him, great mentorship. Um, you know, he, he trusts his guys, and he's meeting with all of his uh, receivers often. You know, obviously, that, those are the things that you need to do as a quarterback. But um, I think he was blessed to have another year, you know, uh, to come back and be able to play another year after COVID. Think about if you, uh, Bill, if you could have came back another year or, or Dorn, if you could have came back another year, you would have had a thousand yards. Uh, uh, Bill, you'd have threw for 4,000 4, yards, you know, 30-something touchdowns, you know, with another year of experience. So um, that was a great opportunity for him to do that, you know, and, and to really – uh, catapult Jordan Addison to, to do what he's doing right now. So uh, I think the sky's the limit for him, man. I'm happy for him, man. I'm, I'm happy we have a quarterback at Pitt um, that is doing what he's doing. And and I can talk some mess to my to my partners out here uh, every week as, as we win every week. So um, I think the sky's the limit for him, man. Bill, how hard is the transition for from offense to offense? And, you know, uh, an offensive coordinator – you know, getting fired or moving up, moving on, and then a whole nother offensive coordinator coming in. I mean, you dealt with it. Tyler Palco, who I'm going to have on my show, I'm going to ask him the same. I'm going to have on my show tomorrow for Thanksgiving, uh, my radio show. I'm going to ask him the same question because he had Walt Harris's offense and he had Matt Cavanaugh's offense. Kenny had to deal with it. You know, now he has obviously uh, settled in with Mark Whipple. But how hard is that transition from a quarterback's perspective to try and figure out, you know, and learn a new offense whenever you're in the middle of your career? 
if <clears throat> well if if it's gonna happen you want it to happen right at the end of the season so you have the entire off season to learn and develop a relationship with with that offensive coordinator and and also if if the offensive coordinator is a uh how do you say this a non-egotistical type of offensive coordinator meaning we're going to implement certain things that you guys already have that i know that i want to instill in my offense but i'm going to call it the same type of stuff because hey we might have a whole bunch of seniors or or a whole lot of returning starters and i don't want a whole lot of you know uh transitional thinking you know to mess up players because you know Certain coaches are going to call something one thing, and then all of a sudden they're going to call it something different. And then if you have some, you know, if you're using the same type of verbiage, calling one play this or one play that, and then now you're switching it long term, it, it might it might mess with certain players, you know, mental as far as you know, uh, transition transitioning into into a whole new verbiage of an offense. So uh, I know from my experience, Doran uh, JB transition to Kavanaugh's offense to Frank Signetti's offense, there was a lot of carryover as far as verbiage. Yes, we added a lot of stuff, but we stuck with, I think, with the same verbiage for every single formation because that was the meat and potatoes of our offense. You know, obviously we need the formations and everything, but we were a formationally designed type of team with shifts, motions, and those types of things to put our def- you know, put the defense in a, in a, in a messed up type of, you know, scheme for us to be successful. But um, I think if, I think Whipple was, was the same in, in my manner, you know, my thinking would be the same type of way that he's going to be a player's coach. I think he's shown that. Uh, I think he, I think he highlights all of the good things that Pitt does and tries to take advantage of that. And I, and I absolutely believe that Signetti did that with us as well. Well, I know that Whipple and Kenny Pickett in the offense have been eaten all year. Number one offense in the country. They've just been eaten in every game. And I'm going to do a lot of eating tomorrow because tomorrow's Thanksgiving. We all know what that means. We mean, it means a lot of football and there's nothing better that goes with football. Turkey is Betting. Betting in Bet Online has you covered all holiday season. More props and odds lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports now we're going to switch it a little bit jerry we usually do uh you know the paul's debriefs but jb has to leave in a little bit so we're going to go 40 and 5 with bill stall first and i'm gonna let you two take it um and i'm going to present this question to to both of you uh jb we'll start with you jb what made bill so good um his senior year in 2009 when we had our big year what made bill so good as a quarterback and bill you could take it right after that what made jb such a good wide receiver for you in our offense uh, for me, I honestly think um, um, once Signetti came, I think his pizzazz really changed and helped Bill so much. You know, and in, in, in the offense that we had, like, you know, uh, Doran, once we put that offense in, as good as our defense was that year, we was destroying our defense. You know, um, so I, I really believe that the off the offseason, um, uh, spring ball and, 
uh, just the preseason, just getting those reps. I really think that catapulted uh, Bill's confidence and, and we were making plays for him, you know, so um, we had better protection. You know, we had better protection and the plays were putting us in positions to, to, to be successful, you know, early and often. So with that and uh, Frank, he was so adamant on protecting the football, protecting the football, touchdowns, checkdowns. So, you know, um, with Bill protecting the ball, and that's just something that was emphasized every single day. We, we, we all know that that was something that Signetti emphasized every day was uh, touchdowns, checkdowns, protecting the ball, giving us a chance to make a play. You know, and um, uh, <clears throat> Coach Cavanaugh, he, he was a good coordinator, but I just, I just don't think that he was on the realm of uh, Coach Signetti. You know, uh, uh, Matt was kind of quiet. And Frank was, you know, he was always up, like he was drinking five or six cups of coffee before we even got there, you know. So um, just having that, you know, uh, it really it really gave Bill the the chance to just be let free, set free and just just be Bill, you know, because I, I could tell you this. I was a freshman in high school when Bill was a senior at Seton LaSalle and, and, and Bill put it on us. I, I don't know if he threw for over 400 yards, but he really he really handed it to us and that's what we were able to see his senior year. He was really, he was really slinging it and giving us a chance to be successful. And that's, that's big props to um, um, him just wanting to be better. Us making the plays for him, coach Signetti putting us in, putting him in uh, positions to be successful. Uh, so I think that's really what helped him uh, have the senior year that he ended up having. Yeah, JB, uh, I think, you know, a lot of stuff really, you know, helps, of course, whenever you have that one thing that coaches try to teach, but you really can't. And that's experience. Mm -hmm. When when we all when when we had our first year of experience, we, we were learning. We were trying to figure out, you know, you know, the JB like like the jump ball for for phase or, or is it more of a back shoulder? Just go, you know, just take it right off his head type of stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we were figuring out those things. And I really think uh, the transition from good to great receiver really came with the things that we did in the off season. Literally. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, Doran, you were right there with us, JB, obviously. And no one, no one was out there with us. It was no, just was us good. three. And we, we invited a bunch of people, but no one else was out there. It was just no, us, was three, us three down at that turf field, solo couple footballs. And we were just working our craft, taking time and just, doing our thing and that's where we developed a relationship mm -hmm. of just i know how jb runs routes i know how Dorn run runs routes now jb knows how jb runs routes now you know your body you know how you need to do things and and we were able to be on that same page day in and day out as far as off-season training and those things but then when you add a god-given bill uh size and ability of a 6'5", 230-pound receiver who's willing to use his 40-inch vertical and his speed, and then you get in sync with your quarterback, that's a dangerous combination. And then, of course, you add other guys who were, you know, Doran Dickerson, Deion Lewis, who the defense has to has to be mindful of and respect. Uh, JB, that – your, your consistency of running routes uh, absolutely improved from year one to year two. Uh, um, literally, our deep in route, uh, that, that was our moneymaker. Mm -hmm. you know, when, whenever we needed, 
we needed a chunk. We needed about 15, 18 yards. I don't, I didn't care if there was someone standing in front of you. Cause I, I believed that you were going to go up and get it. If I put it there, because you knew I wasn't going to throw you into too much trouble, at least mm-hmm. to where I knew that you could, you could make a play, go make a play on it, go yeah, up and sure. get it. And, and I would protect you obviously by just checking it down to Dorn and then Dorn would go do his thing too. Uh, mm-hmm. But literally the consistency as far as being on the same page and uh, absolutely the coachability, you know, from our, your first year to second year, we were, we were able to understand that we had something special and I think we were able to open our ears a little bit more and be coachable uh, to just, Hey, if we can just stay on the same page and you keep doing what you're doing. We're gonna, we can do some really special things. Uh, so I definitely think consistency and just being on the same page with, with really what we want to do uh, was was definitely the, the biggest thing because the physical stuff was there. Um, I mean, the physical stuff is always there. It's always a mental stuff for yeah. for those one one percent caliber players like you and 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 Score and Doran. I mean, it's the mental stuff. You guys mm-hmm. know that. Well, you know, people think that it's you know just overnight and you know success and individual and team success is overnight, but people don't know about. You know, the times that we spent and I'm sure Lucas Kroll and Kenny Pickett spend a lot of time together in the offseason and the things that we do, we would go to the facility at night. We would get another lift in. We would get another run in and then we would get another throwing session in like what, three times a week in the whole mm-hmm. entire summer. Mm-hmm. People don't know that they don't. And then and no. now it makes sense to them. Right now it makes sense mm-hmm. of why we had the success and why people have success of, of playing sports or doing whatever business, whatever, because they put in the time they put in the work. Um, Scott. Uh, you know, last weekend, the 6A Whippeal Championship game was played at Norwin and, and Mount Lebanon won that game. Bob Palco, my former hi- uh, high school football coach, he won his ninth Whippeal. And this weekend on Friday, the single A and double A game are going to be played at Heinz Field. And then the rest of the classifications are going to be played on Saturday in a couple days. Um, us three guys, we all played in the Whippeal. We all chose to stay home and go to the University of Pittsburgh. But if you look at the Pitt roster now, they only have one starter, one starter on offense or defense that came out of the Whippeal. That's John Patrician out of Pittsburgh Central Catholic. Is, Scott, is Pitt going into a different direction of uh, recruiting and maybe recruiting outside of the Whippeal or is like the Whippeal down? What's your thoughts on, you know, Pitt and the Whippeal connection kind of diminishing from, from whenever even we played? Well, I, you know, when, when you first started talking about the Whipple Championship, I, I, I didn't know what direction you were going to go because, I mean, you know, shoot, Kiski area wasn't very good in football. So we, we <laughs> never, ever, we never even tasted uh, the, the quarterfinals, semifinals of that. So I was like, oh, geez, what is he setting me up for here right now? <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. You know, I, I, I don't think the Whipple. Uh, from top to bottom is as talented as it has been before, but that's not to say that there isn't still athletes there. I think that a point of emphasis with, um, you know, the coaches is definitely not the whip heel. I mean, I, I know, you know, I was on staff for a couple of years and, you know, uh, I, l- l- let's just put it this way. The, the coach that was recruiting the whip heel was not very well liked amongst a lot of the Whippeal coaches. So, you know, that I think had something to do with it. And, you know, he, he, he's went down to Georgia. I mean, he's went down to, uh, you know, Florida. I mean, you know, with Coach Partridge. I mean, there's a lot of other areas 
you know, Northern Virginia that, that they've been able to get some athletes at, but you know, it's, it's, it is sad. I mean, I, I will say I am biased. You know, I, I tend to think that the, the WPL players uh, are, are better, but you know, obviously you well, most of the times I don't really know what I'm talking about because I'm not a coach anymore. So it, it's easier to be a couch coach, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's upsetting, but you know, you can't really argue with the record right now and, and the results are getting, I mean, shoot, I was, you know, the one when they lost off Western, when they lost to Western Michigan, I was jumping off the boat, you know, asking for new coaches and boy, do I look like an idiot right now. <laughs> Jerry, do you want to elaborate on that? Not, not Scott being an idiot, but the whip you a question. Here we go. I was just saying, Scott's not an idiot. I'll guarantee you that. Um, I want to apologize to uh, Trey Tipton for his love group is called living out victoriously every day. I couldn't remember what it stood for. His his mental uh, wellness uh, group on campus, and he's an he's a Whippeo guy, by the way, Apollo Ridge. There's also um, two offensive linemen besides Patricia who are Whippeo guys. Gabe Hoy, who who's hurt, not playing that much right now, and uh, Jake Cradle. Went, he went to Upper Saint Clair. Jake Cradle went to Butler, which isn't in the Whippeo anymore, but they were, I believe, when Jake was in high school. But you're right. The, you know, you got 22 guys, uh, 24 counting the kicker and, and, and the punter, and only three of them played local football. It's because Pat Narduzzi has noticed and, and taken taken note of the fact there aren't that many great players anymore. He's had some good Whippeal players in the past. Jordan Whitehead comes to mind uh, is one for sure. Um, but you know, I, I think that the problem is there's so many he has so many connections around the country, and his coaches do. Uh, Scott mentioned uh, uh, Charlie Partridge, who recruits very well in Florida, and they've gone into Georgia, they've gone into Virginia, and got Patrick Jones. They got Rashad Weaver from Florida. Uh, that's why they're good. Jordan Addison from, from Maryland. Uh, Kenny Pickett from New Jersey. Uh, you know, Israel, Israel Banacanda from New York. Um, so they, they, their best players come from other places. And I think that if they had concentrated on the Whippeal, you know, like a lot of people wanted them to, they wouldn't be 9-2 and two right now. And, and I, I got to give – this year's recruiting class is, is, is down. Uh, they only have 12 guys committed so far. I think part of that reason is he doesn't know how many guys are coming back. Some guys can come back. We asked Desmond Alexander today, who's actually a senior, but he has an extra year of eligibility left if he's coming back. He doesn't know yet. He hasn't decided yet. So that's why this year's class is going to be a lot smaller, uh, maybe, maybe half the size of last year's class, which was pretty good. Um, but, you, you know, the, the co- I think this coaching staff has done a, done a good job. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Mark Whipple before. Uh, Whipple, I believe, you know, I, I believe in, in him was a smart guy in the NFL. He coached Ben Roethlisberger in the NFL. I was a coach with the Eagles and the Browns. Uh, he's been around a long time. And he's, he's with, and Kenny Pickett is with him for his third consecutive year. Uh, that means a lot. They had to be offense coordinator and quarterback to be, to be together for three years. Uh, you know, he, they know how each other's thinking. They, they have no problem with, uh, with Pickett coming to the sideline to get the call, you know, which is kind of an outrageous thing for a lot of coaches to think, think about. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's been working. And, uh, you know, I give Pat News, Brett Darnusey credit for hiring Mark Whipple, you know, after, uh, after he got rid of uh, Sean Watson. And he's only had – he's been, he's been with, uh, with uh, Narduzzi longer than any other offensive coordinator on the staff. And remember the first guy, Jim Chaney, lasted one year. Um, you know, Mark, Matt Canada lasted one year. Uh, and Watson lasted two years. So now, now they got Whipple. And, uh, you know, I think it's been good for, for, for uh, Kenny. And I, I believe I agree with Jonathan. He's going to be the first quarterback taken in the draft because the way he handles himself, 
He throws a deep ball better than any quarterback I've seen at Pitt, as long as I've been covering. I've been covering since 2010, 2011. Um, and, he, and he's very accurate with that deep ball. But he has great receivers. The play that, the play that Jordan Addison made to win the game against Virginia, going up for that 50-50 ball with that D-back right on his back and snatching it away from him, landing on his feet, turning around, and running into the end zone. Uh, you know, when he, he, he started from a dead stop, <laughs> so it's, he accelerated you know, like, like crazy. It's hard to believe that. And uh, I, I think that this week, this week you're going to see uh, much less uh, of, of some uh, punt returns from Jordan Addison, which has been a, made a big difference in the last couple of weeks. I think with, with, the, uh, with the season now, and I know they're going to the ACC championship game. They, they talked about, uh, we, I asked the Narduzzi about it the other day, who's going to maybe rest some players because this game really doesn't mean anything other than the fact and I, and I bow my head to the 2009 team, but the other than the fact that they have a chance to win 10 games for the first time since 2009 and the first time before a bowl game, you know, since 1981, which was 40 years ago, which is really hard to believe that a team has gone this far without winning 10 games in the regular season, uh, you know, without since 1981, 40 years ago, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even sure you guys were alive 40 years ago, were you? I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I, I digress. Um, but I just want to, I just want to say that, uh, you may not see a, a lot of the starters play a whole lot, especially if Pitt gets out to a big lead, uh, in, in the second half, I think they're going to get smart and rest their guys in the second half if they have a big lead, but still going to try and win the game. If it's close, yeah, sure. they're losing in the second half. You might see them go all out, you know, JB, uh, you know, we appreciate you, you taking some time and coming on and giving your thoughts and catching up with us. Uh, do you miss it at all? You know, do you miss college football? Do you miss NFL football? You miss catching the football from Bill and scoring touchdowns? Oh, yeah, man. Every day, man, I always think about it, man. I, I love the game, man. So uh, I, I watch college football. I watch NFL, you know. Um, but right now, man, I, I'm just thankful that I can be here and be in my my, my, my kids' life and just develop them and, and get them to a point where they can uh, uh, get to pick what sports that they want to play when they get to high school, you know. So, um, if you think about a lot of the guys that have a lot of kids and have played uh, a substantial amount of time in the NFL, they usually don't have that type of relationship with their children. So once you see them retire, <clears throat> the first thing that they say is spend some time with their kids. You know, so for me, uh, although I would love to still be playing at this point, um, I'm able to develop my kids and and uh, uh, just be be a father to all of my children. You know, I got six kids, so. Uh, being present in their life is way more valuable to me than, than catching footballs um, since I'm not playing football right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I miss it, man. I, I wish that we all could have played together at uh, Kansas City, Doran. I wish – because, you know, Bill was there. Right. And then we had Palco there, too. Right, I right. played with Palco. You know, got mm-hmm. passes from Palco. So, it, it could have been – it would have been really cool, man, if we all could have just played together, man. Um, I think it had been it had been great. Yeah, as as I was leaving, you were you were coming. Yep. I, I remember you and um, um, oh, Matt Castle calling me the the one time when I was in training uh-huh. camp with uh, another what, UFL team or something, mm-hmm. calling me and messing with me. You know how JB is, Doran, always sending mm-hmm. us videos and <laughs> of us playing and messing with us. Good times, good times. Appreciate you, JB. I uh, appreciate you guys too, man. Yeah, man. Take care. We'll talk to you. Thanks. All right, brothers. All right, Jerry. Nice seeing you, Scott. Okay, John. Have a good one, brother. Happy Thanksgiving. You too.
See you, JB. All right. All right, we'll head into the DePaul's debriefs. And, Jerry, you kind of, uh, you know, already really hit on kind of what Pitt might do in the game against Syracuse this Saturday. But uh, you're obviously down at the south side and, and we're present in the Narduzzi press conference. He's got to be a little excited right now. I mean, accomplishing, you know, his second coastal division uh, in his tenure in the last, what, five years, six years? Four years. Um, yeah, in the last three years, right? Yeah, true. Um you know, how, what's the vibe down there at the South side heading into the last regular season game? Well, they, they seem very low key this week, you know, which I was a little bit surprised. I, they're, you know, it's, it's amazing. They, they, I've been covering this team now for 11 seasons and every season uh, after they have some success uh, in, in a game or two, they talk about how we're not going to let that affect us. We're going to just treat this like another game. Uh, and, and invariably in, in years past, when I've been covering them, they ended up losing those games after they got off to a good start. Um, this year's team has been different. They're very focused. They're older. Uh, th- that's, a, that's a term that uh, uh, Jeff Capel uses a lot when he talks about basketball players, guys who have been around a long time and have seen a lot of things. Uh, like I, to- I mentioned, Trey Tipton's not playing much. He's been there, been there seven years. Uh, John Patricia is 25 years old. He started out at Penn State uh, year- years ago, I believe, in 2015. And he- he's playing as well as any linebacker in the ACC right now. Uh, the experience factor is huge. For Pitt, you know, COVID did, you know, I hate to say it, but COVID did them a favor because it allowed guys who probably would have been gone and Kenny Pickett might have been gone. Although I think Kenny would have, if he was really thinking straight, which he was, he might have petitioned for an extra year anyway because he didn't play that much as his freshman year in 2017. He might have gotten, he might have gotten the next year back anyway. But the guys who, the guys have been around for so long, they've seen it all and they've been with their coaches for a long time. Like I said, Whipple's been there three years. Uh, the defensive coordinator, Randy Bates, has been there, I believe, four years. Uh, you know, and, and defense, you know, that's something we can, else we can talk about. I'm concerned about the defense. I don't know what you guys think are thinking, but they give up a lot of yards. Uh, you know, they're, you know, they're going to play either Wake Forest, North Carolina State, or Clemson in the ACC championship game. And I don't know what you guys think, but I don't think they want any parts of trying to beat, beat Clemson twice in the same year. Uh, I think that would be difficult for them to do. Uh, Clemson's playing much better. They won four in a row since Pitt beat them that day at Heinz Field. The next day won't be at Heinz Field. It'll be down in North Carolina, you know, down there in, in Dixie, you know, where the Clemson fans will come and come out in droves. Uh, it would be very difficult. Even Wake Forest and NC State are going to have the home field advantage playing in the ACC championship game. And they got good quarterbacks, Devin Leary of NC State and Sam Hartman of Wake Forest. Uh, but Wake Forest will take care of business and, and beat Boston College next week or Saturday, uh, which won't be that easy because uh, Phil Dracovic is back and playing for Boston College, and that won't be an easy win for Wake Forest. But I think they'll win, and they'll, they'll, knock, they'll nail it down, and they'll end up playing Pitt, I believe, in the ACC championship game. And we asked Narduzzi about what, about what he thought, and he said he hasn't even given a thought to who they're going to play or anything. He won't think about it again until until Sunday, Sunday night, Sunday morning, actually, probably. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I really believe – that uh, I just have the feeling Pitt is going to be favored in the ACC, ACC championship game, and I think they're going to win the ACC championship game because of the guy quarterback. Quarterback is the most important position on a football field. Uh, and, and how the quarterback goes a lot of times is how the team goes. If a defense can just, you know, not run into each other and, you know, don't, you know, step on, step on his tail all the time like they've been doing the last couple of weeks, I think they can do it. But that defense – you know, they give up big chunks of yardage. And, and Scott, you know, you've talked about this in the past. 
it's that to me, it's that press man coverage that Narduzzi wants to play, and it leaves the cornerbacks out on an island with no safety help because they're trying the safeties more concerned with stopping the run. Uh, you know, and that, that usually works because very few teams have success running a football against Pitt. Uh, but, you know, I, I think maybe sometimes those safeties should drift back a little bit, give those corners some help, especially, you know, with, with, uh, with some of the injury situations going on in that secondary. Scott, um, you know, it, obviously we're expecting Pitt to take care of business Saturday uh, up at the Carrier Dome. And you've played at the Carrier Dome before. Is You know, what are your thoughts of the Carrier Dome? Some people are, you know, it's so hard to play there. It's so loud there. It's tight. It's compressed. Um, and also, like, if Pitt does go up there and somehow loses the game, what does the outlook and what does your vision of their season look like uh, if they were to lose a Syracuse heading into the ACC championship game? Well, it's funny you said, Doran. I don't know if Jerry asked a question to uh, Narduzzi's press conference this week about, uh, I think it was a 2018 season when they lost the last three games. Yeah, that and was ended up. I, I thought it was you, and I was like, I love yeah. it because he didn't, he didn't like they, the question, though. He didn't like the question. Oh well, I mean, here's the thing, though. Of course not, because I mean, you're 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 bringing shade or negative uh, light on what he's he's going through right now, and you know they they lost the last three games, and it's it's something that could happen. You know, I mean, Pitt always plays Syracuse very very tight, and regardless of the team's records, um, you know, for some reason, I mean, I'm, I'm glad Dorn asked me the question about what it's like to play at the Carrier Dome because you know it, it, it kind of traps the energy out of you just because like, I remember you go into the stadium and it like, it like sucks you in because it's so pressurized with, um, with how, how it is, but you know, I mean, anything can happen. I mean, I, I, I think how Pitt defensively matched up against Syracuse is definitely to Pitt's benefit because Pitt stops the run, you know? And I mean, quarterback has 800 yards rushing. The running back has 1400 yards rushing. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, strength versus strength. And, you know, that one of the things about Narduzzi's defense is it typically stops the run. Now, like Jerry was saying, it, it, it leaves the safeties and the corners out to dry because it doesn't provide much help. The safeties really don't help the corners. And the type of style of downhill fit and fill linebackers doesn't really help the safeties. So when I say that, if, I mean, if you remember against, against Virginia, Armstrong was just, you know, digs which is like a 10 yard in curls I mean those windows were open because the linebackers are so downhill that it looks like they're blitzing because their read is run 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 and they're not reading any keys like they're taught to basically run downhill as fast as they possibly can for the first three yards and then honestly sometimes what happens is they get sucked up so far they then just add into a blitz or pressure rush which is fine okay it, it, it has been proved to be very successful but I, mean, I think I remember Jerry and I talked before, anytime you face a veteran quarterback who understands where the holes are in the defense and they can protect, it is not a good recipe for success for Pitt. When, when NC State was you know, keeping an, uh, uh, 11 or 12 personnel and having seven people protect, they were having success on three-man routes, which shouldn't be the, the, the case. But you know, it is what it is. Anytime it got in the third and long, you know, and they were in 10 personnel and they were really, really forced to pass, Pit, pit eight, their, their D-line had sacks, you know, so it, it works when it works and, and, it, and it doesn't work when it doesn't work. I mean, pick your poison, I guess. All right, guys, we're going to go around the horn and, you know, I want you to put your coach's head coach's hat on right now. Bill, we'll start with you. Are you a proponent and should Pitt 
rest their starters or should they play their starters and keep that momentum that they have had to head into the ACC championship game? Should they rest their starters against Syracuse or should they play them to keep momentum? This is a once in a every 40 year type of opportunity that, that, that Pitt has right now. Um, obviously the last time since we played, since they're potentially winning 10 games period, but you have an opportunity that has it to do something extremely special. That's going to catapult because you're not trying to recruit here, but now you have national spotlight. You have a lot of things, a lot of people talking your name. You have to make a statement. You have to play your guys. You have to win, period. Now, might take them out second half, third quarter. You know, hopefully they do. But to start every game or to start this game, absolutely. All starters, all hands on deck, solidify this win. Because it's it's more than just winning 10 games. It, it's literally you do something special. You're doing something that hasn't been done in a very, very, very long time here and, and catapulting the next years to come because now we're on that national contention and we're proving it with the stats. I mean, we're literally 530-some yards a game right now, second in, in, in the nation. I, I just read. I mean, if we can do that, keep doing that, Jerry, other teams can – you know, keep putting up points against our defense because I just don't know if anyone's going to outscore us. Now, it's worrisome defensively for sure. But Jerry, rest or rest or play? That being said, uh, first of all, um, not only is it unusual what Pitt is about to do or maybe will do, they've never done it. Pitt has never won a conference championship outright. You know, th- th- this will be the – if they win the – they've been the Big East and they went – I guess right. they went to the Fiesta Bowl one year – because they tied for first place, maybe. But if they win it this year, they'll win it outright with nobody you know, hanging on as a, as a co-champion. Uh, so it's, it's never been done. So it's a very special thing they got going when they go to Charlotte in, in, in 10 days. Um, but I think other than maybe Jordan Addison not returning punts, I, I think maybe they can get along without Addison. He's been helpful and done a good job at it. But they could probably beat Syracuse without Jordan Addison returning punts. Uh, and, and maybe even Izzy Abandacan, they had a kickoff return against Virginia, but maybe you save him too. Uh, you can probably, you know, win the beat for Syracuse without Izzy returning kickoffs. Save those guys for the scrimmage plays because they're going to want to play. And, and I think everybody else should play. Now, injury situation is different. If a guy's right on the verge, you know, and, and maybe he, he can play, maybe he can't play, uh, maybe you don't play him uh, because you, you want to make sure he's ready the following week. You hear a lot of people who are injured saying, well, if it had been a playoff game, I would have played. Um, I think that's a, that's a situation they should probably look into on Saturday at Syracuse. Uh, if a guy is, is hurt even a little bit and, and maybe is it 100 percent, maybe could aggravate the injury. Uh, maybe they give him another week's rest, which, which wouldn't hurt. But I think everybody should play. And But in the second half, like I said before, if they got a big lead, get those guys out of there. I think that's probably the prudent thing to do, too. Scott? Should they play or should they rest? I think they should play. I mean, I, I think they should go after the old model of uh, when there was only uh, – I think there's there still only four NFL preseason games, that, like the third preseason game where the starters play three out of the four quarters and uh, kind of go from there. But, I mean, here's the thing. Though, there, there's a lot of things that are on the line. Like we've all been said, you know, is, is you know, winning the outright uh, AC championship. Um, you know, here, here's a question. I mean, I could be wrong, but – 
you know, is Kenny Pickett banged up a little bit? It looked like, you know, uh, at the tail end of the game, he had a little bit of an ankle problem. And I don't know if anything was really mentioned or if anybody asked in, in the press conference of how he's doing. But, you know, also, do you want to keep on pat? I don't want to say patting stats, but, you know, solidifying, you know, if he still has a realistic shot for the Heisman. I mean, you know, right now, I mean, like this is a question, everybody, who is the, uh, the top three Heisman? It's what the quarterback from Alabama. You know, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State. Here's the thing, though. Like, well, what happens if the Ohio State quarterback has a dud against Michigan and uh, the quarterback Alabama has a dud against Georgia? I mean, you know, you want to you want to have the best resume possible. So why not continue what he's doing? And wouldn't you kick yourself in the butt if Kenny Pickett really doesn't play? And that's a butt of why he didn't win the Heisman. I think you go out and let him play. Let, let, let win, take care on the field. And that's just who Kenny Pickett is. I mean, he's a blue collar person. That's why he's been successful. That's why he came back and improved his his, his draft status. But I, I think let, let the players play, and you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I did. I did yeah, ask okay. Pat Narduzzi uh, about. We uh, asked Pickett actually about his injury in, in post game after the Virginia game, and I, I thought maybe he hit his head. Uh, he went to that blue tent, and I thought maybe they were testing him for concussion. He said he just got wrapped up. He didn't mention he was he was limping a little, but he came back in the game. He finished the game. He threw the touchdown pass to Jordan Addison that nailed down the game. Uh, he, we didn't talk to him this week, and we haven't talked to Kenny every week uh, for some reason. Uh, I think it's maybe been half a time or three fourths of the time he's come out and talked to us on a Wednesday, um, but not not this week. It didn't happen this week, and, and and I don't know. If, I doubt that he's nursing an injury. I'm sure they're taking it easy on him in practice, obviously. Um, but uh, we asked, I asked him about it, and he said he was fine. So, you know, you take him for what it's worth. But like I said, you watch him real careful on, on Saturday at the Carrier Dome. And uh, if anything you know, go, is going on there that uh, maybe he doesn't run as much. You know, Kenny likes to, you know, take the ball under his, under his arm and, and tuck it and run when he sees some green grass in front of him. Maybe he does a little bit less of that uh, and just, just sits back here and throws the ball. Hopefully the offensive line will protect them a little bit better than it has been lately. Well, I'm a proponent of them playing and, and keeping that momentum heading into the ACC championship game in Charlotte. Um, don't know who they're going to play, uh, either Wake Forest, NC State, or Clemson. Uh, don't want to see Clemson because they are finally getting things together, and it's hard to beat a team twice in one year, and they are Clemson. You know, they're Clemson for a reason. They, they've won championships. They have a really good football coach. He'll get those guys ready to play, and they have, you know uh, – film on Pitt. They know what Pitt's about. They know what Pitt's going to do. So um, that's the team that I do not want to see Pitt play in the ACC championship game, but I am a proponent of guys playing in this game and continue that momentum, continuing uh, that play and that uh, that structure um, for a game. I think that's very important. Uh, my score prediction, I like Pitt 30... I like Pitt 37 Syracuse 10 37 10 pit over Syracuse bill I'm going I'm gonna go 42 42 21 42 21 pit Jerry I'm gonna go 37 14 pit uh, Syracuse has been blown out of his last two games they're both on the road uh, so maybe that doesn't uh, correlate to playing at the Carrier Dome. But Pitt usually has a, a, some good fortune against quarterbacks who, who don't throw as well. They, they've, they struggled against Armstrong. They, they struggled against Howell a little bit. 
but, but Schrader's not going to be able to throw like those other guys who we are going to run very, very well if Pitt lets them. But uh, I think Pitt's going to take care of business, and you know, they're, they're a much better team than Syracuse. I think that'll play out eventually Saturday night. Scott? I'm going 34-10 Pitt. But like Jerry said, um, Pitt has success against quarterbacks who aren't um, that good of uh, passers. They could prove me wrong or prove us wrong. But uh, 34 to 10. And uh, I'm hoping for a Pitt Clemson rematch in AC Championship. I, I don't want to see them go against any quarterbacks that really can throw the ball. And I'm not really sold on uh, Clemson's quarterback. And obviously, you know, people forget who NC State's defensive coordinator is, Tony Gibson with West Virginia. So, you know, I think he probably like, he'd love to have that in his in the back of his mind too, playing against Pitt too. There, he was a well, Pitt that, coach for a while too. Yep, yes so he was. Todd Graham. Yes, he, yeah, <clears throat> yes he was. Well, that's it for the Believe in Pitt Football podcast presented by Bet Online. For myself, Bill Stahl, Jerry DePaula, and Scott McKillop, Pitt at Syracuse in the Carrier Dome, seven thirty p.m. this coming Saturday. We'll see you next time. <laughs>